This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. Hey, this is Jeff Thorne. I am the writer, producer, showrunner of the Avengers Black Panther's Quest TV series. And you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. It's time. Talk time. Let's go. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Live. Started in the 80s with Matt Cross. Dudes in the hood might have called that soft, but I carried that cross like Jesus did. Fast forward, I teach the kids to learn how to let go, live life, and show love to all things that don't matter where y'all from. And luckily, there's a show called Talk Time. We've been waiting for this for a long time. Dax kicks the facts on all the geek news. Special guests and unbiased reviews. Suburban kids, the hipster street dudes. All can learn something new. Me too. I heard words when no faith is empty. I stayed the course, so my haters tempt me. Beep the podcast, that'll make them envy. It ain't too trendy. It's ACMG. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the journal of my life that covers all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the Prime Show. I am your host, Xavier Josiah. Forgive me. I'm surprised I'm not as horsed as I sound, as horsed as I was the last time I was horsed on a show because of a certain individual coming in. And excuse, forgive me to our listeners who are not wrestling fans. I'm going to talk to our wrestling fans for a second. What a hell of a week that we have, especially if you're a fan of AEW. I should be really more horse than I should be. And why? One, because I was screaming on the top of my lungs at 10, 10 o'clock on a Friday. PM, that is. People know what I'm talking about. And since then, all I have in my head is cult of personality. The return of CM Punk after seven years, um, this was just an absolutely awesome thing. And here's the deal. If you don't think that this relates to all things anime, comics, movies, and games, you are so wrong because CM Punk has not only been in video games, he has also written for Marvel Comics. He did the Drax series along with some other co-writers and such. So he is technically a Marvel Comics writer. <laughs> okay, he has a credit for that. Um, it was so great to see him back in wrestling. It's more than wrestling for those who, you know, really understand his life and went through his road. I, I've been watching him. I've been a fan of his since probably 2001 when I first seen him in ZZW here in Philadelphia and heard about him and then watched him in Ring of Honor and actually got a chance to meet him. He, him and Samoa Joe, 
way back before they were in WWE, way back before we know them right now as the legends and established figures that they are. You know, they wrestled for Ring of Honor and helped Ring of Honor get to where it is today and why Ring of Honor is still living and breathing to this day. And these two had to go on flights. And lo and behold, and I got pictures of them on my Facebook page and all this stuff, uh, but they took the time. That's how great these guys are. I mean, these these this is the new generation of wrestling, uh, of wrestler wrestling talent, I should say, that is more humble. They don't party. They don't do all the things that these old school guys did back in the day, which is great. They're a lot more healthier there. Um, they were able to be able to do things that even the guys back then are never doing. I know this for a fact because I'm watching some of those old episodes, you know, on Peacock right now of like the NWA and all that stuff. And they took the time to stop, to take a picture, to greet us, to say hi and thank you and all this. That's the guys that they are. No matter what you see or depict on social media or whatever like that, these guys are genuinely nice guys. And, you know, at the end of the day, they, they really care about the industry that they're in and what they do. And when you get into a work environment that is toxic, it's hard to work in. And that I think is why CM Punk is so relatable because he is the everyman in some cases who has a passion and wants to put in the effort to do something special because he feels that he has something special to give. And when you work for a company that doesn't value that and doesn't ch it chooses not to see that, it's not a matter of whether they do see it, is it the fact that they do see it and they still ignore it or they try to, you know, dismiss it. It's discouraging. It is very discouraging. It is very annoying and it's stressful. It can really put a damper on you mentally. I went through the same thing. And I think that's why I so cling on to his career and his role because vicariously, I kind of saw and lived through what he was already going through. And I lived through that myself with the old office that I used to work in for like a decade. And credit to CM Punk because he inspired me to departure from, you know, when it, when it was my time, it was my time. I valued myself enough to know that I know what I can put I could bring to the table and I left that job for a lot of other reasons, but punk, you know, seeing what he did with WWE and how he handled them helped me inspire me to handle my situation better. And the dude is just, he just, he's just a generally great dude. And I will always be a fan of it. And this, the ovation that he got on Ram on AEW rampage was more than deserving. It, it, it was deafening. You have people crying in there because his return. And you know why they cried? It's because there was something going on inside their lives, in their world. And then they also, you know, they're fans of wrestling. They're fans of what made them to, you know, made wrestling so great. CM Punk is one of those wrestling um, wrestlers that made it great. And he's now in a company that also embraces professional wrestling and made it great against another company who doesn't care and only cares about money and doesn't, you know, value their talent. It's been obvious you saw what happened at SummerSlam just recently. Shout out to Bianca Belair. Deserved much better than what she got. As well as Coffee Kingston. As well as a lot of people I can name off that. There's some significance to that. But it is what it is. But thank goodness we got AEW and thank goodness now we got CM Punk and I'm sure that's was all that is buzzing 
on the internet, even with SummerSlam right now. It's huge. And it's going to be even huger when another person, very similar to CM Punk, is coming into that same uh, AEW very soon. So that's just part of what made this great uh, week so uh, as great as it could be. The other thing that made this uh, week great was Marvel's What If, which is our talk topic of the week that uh, features a story based on T'Challa becoming Star-Lord instead of Peter Quill. The significance of this is that T'Challa is is being reprised by the one and only late and great Chadwick Boseman. And we're going to talk about that deeply, fondly, intimately on our talk topic of this episode. So stay tuned for that. But we got a lot of news and I mean a lot of news to talk about uh, this week. I mean a ton of news in the world of our favorite fandoms. So folks, let me not waste any more time. As always, let's find out what's new in the world of ACMG. And now it's time to find out what's new in the world of ACMG. So the first bit of news in this 285th episode of Talk Time Live is some sad news uh, that I want to start off with, and it's in reference to martial arts legend and actor Sonny Chiba, who unfortunately died at the age of 82 due to COVID complications. He is known for his role in The Street Fighter. A lot of people more uh, recently know him for uh, his role on Kill Bill, but he also uh, played on Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. We saw him at the end. And my personal favorite, The Storm Riders. And if I, I mentioned this movie before, but if you have not seen that movie, go out of your way, check it out. It was like, it, it was a game changer in terms of uh, Hong Kong martial arts films because they implemented special effects and all this stuff. And now you got like, you got, the Marvel Cinematic kind of look for that time. It was ahead of its time because now we see that and even better now with uh, a lot of the Marvel Cinematic Universe shows. But back then, you know, for Hong Kong, it was like this movie from in terms of, of special effects and CGI and, and, and um, you know, that type of deal. It was their version of the Matrix. It was a game changer, in my opinion, because I didn't see I've never seen a martial arts movie like the Storm Riders before. And now we see it more often, except for Dynasty Warrior, which I don't understand what happened with that. It, it, it I felt like it could have been what Storm Riders was, but it, the green screen situation just, it, it was troubling. But also, aside, you know, the special effects and the great martial arts um, scenes aside, what made this movie great was Sonny Chiba, who played the role of Conker. First of all, your name is Conker, okay? <laughs> and the the Storm Riders is based on a uh, comic book that is very popular in China, um, and it, it was brought to life. And he he played that role, and he was very, very, very noticeable. He you know his presence was very powerful, and his performance was just the same in this in this deal. Like he stood out majorly, and he was a guy that you did not want to mess with in there at all. So, dude, I love that series. I loved everything about that series. I I even loved it 
here's the thing. And I normally am not a fan. Oh, I, let me let me rephrase that. Let me rephrase that. I am a fan of subtitle, but I usually I prefer dub. This is the one movie I can only appreciate and love in its original dialect because it just sounds better. They did a English dub version of the movie and it just didn't follow up. The dubbing was not good. The ADR to me was really bad. And then they edited a few things and then they distorted the, the aspect ratio of it. I was totally disappointed by the English dub version of it. I was like, and you know, I'm sure English dub is way, you know, in, AD, in ADR script writing is much better now than it was back then. But man, did it really do a number on that. And no, it, it, it needs to be appreciated the same way we appreciate uh, Crouching Tiger, Hitting Dragon. Even though I would say the English dub for Crouching Tiger, Hitting Dragon was pretty good. The English dub was pretty good, but the the um, the, the subtitle to me was much better in uh, the original dialect and, and uh, acting much, much better on both. But yeah, he is going to be incredibly missed, but he died at the age of 82. The, just the bad part. You know, people die at that age, but the fact that he died of COVID, it really, and I don't know if he was staying in, in Japan at this time. I don't know if he lives in Japan. Uh, he is uh, Japanese, but um, it, there, Japan is going through a lot. Japan is going through a lot in terms of the COVID situation right now. They are slowly getting things into gear but not fast not nearly as fast as what i would assume that they would be by now and i i just really surprised at how bad they are handling the situation in japan right now you know i just talked to um i know australia also is going through it too i I'm, i mean we i talked to uh to our guest you know jeffrey chamba cruz who by the way when we were when i was interviewing him and i highly recommend everybody check out that interview with uh jeffrey cruz talking about you know, the Marvel tech on Avengers uh, series that he's working on. He's doing it remotely from Australia. He lives in Australia. When we talked, he was talking in at his home in Australia. He is still quarantining as we speak, you know, as we even spoke back then. It, it, it's just insane. Like Australia, I can understand. Um, Japan, I'm just very surprised. They're usually ahead of the game. That's, that's the depiction that an inference that we always, you know, drew from Japan is that like they're always ahead of the game. They're always five steps ahead of us in some cases on certain um, situations. I'm just very surprised that they didn't get on the ball with the vaccinations and everything. It's just weird. It's just really we got we are some really, really weird times here. And because of it, we lost a legend. We lost an absolute legend in in acting and in, in martial arts, man. It's just it's just been crazy. Um, now granted, here's my double take on this, if you will. He did die of COVID complications, but he also died at a very late age. This is an age where pretty much he's, I mean, people have passed away at this age and it's a long time. He's lived a long time. And through that, he had a great legacy. And I say this all the time, when you live, when you get to live this long and you're able to do a lot and you even if you don't accomplish to be something as big as an actor or something like that or even a legendary legacy status like he has you still get to learn a lot about life at least i hope you do 
And at this point in time, from 82 years, you've experienced a lot and you've lived your life. There are some people who don't live past 16. We got a situation in, in our country where like people die at early ages and it's just like for the dumbest things from gunshots and, and, and fire, you know, crossfires and all this stuff. And it's just it's so bad. It is so bad. I unfortunately, you know, I hate it. It, it. You know, I feel like when you live to like live to the age that he has. You lived a legacy. This is a celebration, although it kind of puts an asterisk uh, on it because it he died of COVID complications, which means had they got vaccinated and had I don't know if he was vaccinated either. That's the other thing. There there hasn't been anything said whether he was vaccinated or not. But um, you know, had the whole thing been you know done better, had we done better, it's possible he could have lived a few more years more. But this is the way things are happening because a lot of people aren't taking it seriously and people are dying. And I hate to put, you know, be on a damper note about this situation, but this is what it is right now. So please, people, we 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 claim to be fans of these people like Sonny Chiba and all these other people. But what are we doing to preserve their lives, that the lives of the people who entertain us and vice versa? We need to look out for everybody in this. Look, I've been vaccinated for like since March and granted, yes, there are people who are still getting COVID that are vaccinated, but guess what? When they get hit, they don't get hit as hard as those who get vaccinated. I mean, that's just, that's just reality. They get like, they get it for like a couple days and that's it. I mean, and I'm and people, I'm black. <laughs> if all the people that should be afraid is me, but I'm not afraid to take chances. And at least when I do, I'm going to damn sure research everything that I could possibly can enough to make a decision and use critical thinking enough to know to say like, all right, this is the right decision to do. Let's jump on it. Luckily, I have clients who work deeply in the medical field who also are black and also in the community and also have, you know, done this. So with that said, rest in peace to the one and only legendary Sonny Chiba. You, you've been a conqueror for all our lives and entertain us for years. We thank you for it. And, you know, thoughts and prayers to the family and everything. Um, I wish I could say I can, I can just, you know, go away from the COVID situation from there. But the other news that I have is involving New York Comic Con. They just released this week some new health and safety uh, updates that uh, is out now. And they're, they're making sure that one, they can still do this. And two, that they do it right so everybody can have fun. Now, I've mentioned, I don't know if I mentioned this. I, I forgot if I mentioned this or whatever, but I saw pictures online uh, from somebody that is following me on Instagram um, at Xavier underscore Josiah, by the way. Um, they are, they, they went to an event there in Florida. They went to uh, a convention in Florida called Megacon. And all the pictures that this person showed, all of them had people, cosplayers, and, and people you saw all over the place. It was a really packed, really great uh, and place, uh, great event, apparently. Everybody was masked. Even if even cosplayers was masked. Like, what better place to wear a mask than, than, like, it's like, even if you don't like cosplaying, if, all you gotta do is wear a mask. <laughs> That's um, cosplay enough. But, um, 
you know, people were wearing masks. People were seemed like they were having a lot of fun and enjoy themselves. And I love there were cosplayers who used their, you know, opportunity to make very creative masks for their costumes and everything. And it looked awesome. And everybody looked like they had a great time. And the person told me everybody had a great time. Everybody was trying to, you know, get up. You know, everybody was trying to, you know, make sure that everybody was safe and they were enjoying themselves. It was great. And, you know, of course, there's always going to be a vocal minority who's not going to agree with it and not and going to try to complain and talk about their freedoms and whatnot, which is ridiculous. It's like you're making this an issue, but you'll be the first about taking medicine and vaccines. But you'll go take you'll go uh, use an over the counter drug at any time. You'll, you know, get a flu shot at any time. Like we when is this? going to stop all it turns out to is people fear what they don't understand and they don't want to look out to understand so they just use the most quickest way to find comfort and they and do that they create their own narrative for to create you know to create their own comfort it's just ridiculous it is so we're so far in a, in a divide here with this but new york comic-con is is you know backing themselves up in this they got their new precautions in a in a and they wrote here in order to provide the safe safest uh, event possible we will be requiring everyone to attending new york comic-con to provide proof of vaccination uh with the with an fda or uh h world health organization uh who approved vaccine for all attendees ages 12 years old and up proof of a negative uh antigen or PCR COVID-19 test for anyone under age uh, 12 or up. Uh, let me see. In addition, everyone is required to wear uh, an, improved, an approved face covering will, uh, while attending your Comic-Con. Please visit nycc21.com forward slash safety for further details, including our FAQs about what's needed to show proof of vaccination and what additional health and safety measures are being implemented people they trying to they're trying to make sure that you're able to have a great time after all of the crap that we went through all of 2020 please enjoy and understand and to those who don't want to get vaccinated i'm sorry but if you don't want to lose out on the fun you know you got to get it done that's plainly it it's like you can't have both you know you can't go in like if, if, if that's the case you know you should also complain about wearing shoes and shirts and all and and pants you know when going into stores and all this stuff because you're making that same argument there it's like you got to do things and also people refuse to you know understand that people have already gotten vaccinated there's not been one report of somebody dying because they got vaccinated or something happening or whatever like that I love the people who also talk about there's nano there's nanotech or whatever in there they're monitoring you and all okay they're doing this you're saying this and typing this on the very smartphone that actually does exactly what you're saying is doing so even if that was the case they've already been doing it anyway with your smartphone that you're texting right now i, I don't know i don't know what can i say but that is what's going on right now. So if you want to go out of your way to um, attend this event, which I believe is going to be a great event, um, and eventually, you know, I think this is just going to be a force and mandated as it goes goes down because we need to get people safe. We just lost another legend. 
to COVID. Okay? Let's not lose any more people out of selfishness. Let's get it done and let's have fun again. Okay? Just get it done, man. It's not that big of a deal. You're just just stubbornness and, and, and immaturity, in my opinion. But it is what it is. NYCC21.com forward slash safety. Go out of your way. Check it out. If you want to attend, definitely go out of your way. Check it out. It, it, trust me. I think at the end of the day, it's just going to be worth it. You know, no more throwing tantrums and being babyish about it. Just stop. <laughs> so the other news I want to talk about, my thoughts at this point, is that I want to uh, give my thoughts on Marvel's The Eternals. The final trailer that they uh, provided here, and it's a really it's a doozy of a trailer, by the way. Uh, I'm going to break it down here. The final trailer begins with Ajax, played by Selma Hayek, who is riding on a horse, lucky horse, <laughs> to visit fellow Eternal Icarus, played by Richard Madden. She talks to him about the events that occurred um, five years ago when Thanos uh, whipped uh, wiped, I should say, half of the planet, only to have him reappear thanks to the efforts of the Avengers and a whole group of other people and legions or whatever like that. Ajax then explained that the return of the population set off a cosmic set off cosmic energy that created the emerge. Icarus asked Ajax how long do we have till it comes? And to which she said, only seven days. Another clip shows what it looks like. Uh, to, uh, what looks like to be an origin of when the Eternals came to Earth according to what I believe uh, was the voice of Angelina Jolie's character she uh, said that the Eternals came to Earth over 7,000 years ago to protect humans from the Deviants then a, uh, Icarus asked the biggest question I think a lot of people ask when they start to learn more about this um, this storyline is that and I, I like that Marvel Studios already, already covered their ass with this. And basically they said, why didn't the uh, why didn't uh, they help out when Thanos was destroying half the universe? I'm like, these guys are supposed to be like some badass, powerful beings who could possibly have taken out and done this. Cersei, played by Gemma Chan, said that uh, they are ordered not to interfere unless it involves the Deviants. Okay, got that. Covered already. Icarus asked by who? And then we see the appearance of the celestial god, Aeson, the Searcher, who we first saw in Guardians of the Galaxy uh, during that scene with the Collector. They then go on, and by the way, he's like ginormous, by the way. Uh, I love this because you know what's so great about this? We get to see these celestial gods here. And we saw him back then, which means when the Fantastic Four comes, whether this guy, whether this character comes on the first movie or the second movie, we will get Galactus the way that it was intended. Not a cloud, not any type of, you know, thing like that. It will be shown as intended. So people will finally be happy. And this is the thing I love about Marvel Studios. And even to that extent, um, the Greg Berlanti productions in our verses that they're not being a, they're not afraid to take chances and really give us what we want because back in the 80s and 90s they didn't have the technology to do what they're doing now or they didn't have the imagination to make it happen 
now we do now we have the technology now we have the money now they're back now they're you know heavily backed by this and we're able to see these entities that we never thought we would be able to see because we didn't know we didn't know whether these studios would be able to have the backing and technology to do it and i think when the matrix first came out and we saw what was being done there with the Rachowskis, what they did i think that was when we started envisioning like okay this is game changing it's possible it could get better from this point and it has it absolutely has and we've seen some phenomenal works uh th- you know since that point which makes me believe i cannot wait till the matrix 4 comes out i can't wait to see what that is going to look like um one funny scene is uh and, and by the way uh the other thing is too is that we saw other clips of the other eternals as they were preparing to uh join together in search for uh and prepare for the worst that was going to be happening here so it in the up uh, the scenes the action scenes in here looks awesome these guys look like and i'm talking like uh captain marvel level powerful here so uh this is going to be interesting to see where they where they stand in this point but the cosmic universe of marvel is fully coming in here now in full effect more than ever and it's going to be awesome so um one funny scene icarus uh it, it has icarus in the house um of uh pestos played by alana and uh if i'm re- i believe that's the name how you pronounce his name fastos uh, is fastos um icarus uh he's in the house with fastos played by alana and into the spider-verse star brian Terry henry um you know he's he thinks that he has a well-designed stronghold of a house when he looks at the table and begins to uh smash his he slams his hand on the table to see how sturdy and powerful this is only for the table to break and fastest fastos you know reveals to him like the table is a fall collection from ikea okay <laughs> it was a cute little uh little thing that that they did right there and then uh they showed the date which we will see it in theaters on november 9th you know it's funny that we said that in the theaters thing i'll we'll talk about that in a minute when i talk about the other upcoming marvel uh movie that's coming very very soon people um so we'll do that but before we do that we got to talk black panther too because some new news came out of this and in in the form of Riri Johnson, aka Ironheart, who we now know will be will debut on the sequel to Black Panther 2. Uh, this the Disney Plus debut of Ironheart won't be her first appearance, according to Variety, actor and star of the upcoming Marvel Studios series, uh, Dominic Thorne, who will be playing Riri Williams, will make her first appearance on Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Uh, this was also confirmed by Kevin Feige during an interview of comicbook.com. Thorne will all uh, along uh, excuse me. Thorne will work alongside the returning cast of Angela Bassett, Denai Guerrera, Winston Duke, uh, Lupita Nguyen, and others. Now, here's my take on where she might get. Here's my belief, my prediction of where we're going to see her. If you guys remember in the first Iron Man, I mean the first Iron Man, the first Black Panther movie at the very end, there was that scene where her, uh, where um, T'Challa and Suri came back to um, where Killmonger 
his father and him used to live at and they decided to oh t'challa bought all of the buildings in that neighborhood to make it a science center that surrey is going to be ahead of and i think that's where we're going to see riri i think that's where we're going to find riri she's going to be a part of one of the kids in that science center and uh it's going to be something interesting going on from there so i think that's where it's going to happen i think there's that's where the connection is going to happen it, it has to be it makes sense it makes all the sense in the world i'll be surprised if it doesn't happen that way but i like this i like this idea of bringing her in to a major picture first and then bringing her in which means she may have a bigger role in that movie as well so you know to, to really kind of introduce us to her and get her established and i thought she was a great pick she looks the part and i'm looking forward to seeing how she portrays you know riri johnson i do love the iron heart series um i i loved the story of what happened with riri and everything of course it's always going to be tragic and, and such um but it led her to really be a very interesting character and, it, and especially with her joining the champions in the comic series i i really enjoyed this um riri is a is, is probably one of my second favorite new characters next to miles morales in there as well actually all of, and then third miss marvel uh I, I love all three of those characters in there and it wouldn't be cool for them to add um riri into that into that marvel avengers game that would be pretty cool so um that is coming up and of course that's coming uh next year i believe so they're filming it now and normally if i know marvel studios they work very quickly so yes i do believe this movie will not be delayed any more than it needs to be and hopefully COVID doesn't stop it stop the process any time soon for that um so there's that other news other great announcements here keeping it real with marvel anthony mackie closes the deal to star in captain america 4 and they better had okay <laughs> i'm sorry they better they better not just i love i love the falcon and the winter soldier series and i love the introduction to him but they better not just staple him just for the series as great as the series is this dude deserves the movie he deserves his own movie i love this according to ign the movie will uh will be uh written by falcon and winter soldier writer malcolm spellman who did a phenomenal job and i mean absolutely phenomenal so i'm really looking forward to seeing what they do with this movie uh the staff uh series staff writer will be uh dalin um masoon as well no director has been selected yet here yeah, but uh there's also no word whether uh winter soldier himself sebastian stan will be making an appearance the plan is to release the film two years after guardians of the galaxy three uh, volume three so it's it's going to be in the works it's going to take a while it to come but uh it's coming it's official it's locked my only thing that i'm hoping here because i used to read i've read the sam wilson captain america comics which was good but i didn't like the direction that they went with him in the comics because they made him just a street level character he never fought anybody that was like big deal like captain america would they just settled every every issue that he had pertain to street level situations and him having to you know fight against you know it was a civil it was more of a civil rights like storyline for him being cap you know the racism that goes along with it and then him fighting street level villains it just kept him at a certain level like why isn't he good enough to be able to fight 
you know, Ulysses Claw or, you know, the Red Skull. Hell, even Crossbones, for God's sake. Like, why isn't he fighting, bear, you know, you know, Hydra members or even somebody bigger than that? Aim. Like, don't keep him in the level and just like, okay, you're just down. We're going to stick you with urban storylines because th that to me is not really making change. I am glad that they at least did something different with him in this version uh in, in in the marvel cinematic universe i thought who he fought was a lot better than what he was doing um before you know it, it compared to his comic book version of him the comic book variant i should say um but i hope that they i hope the villain that he fights is a much bigger villain than they would like give him here's the thing the protagonist is only as good as the antagonist like if batman fought polka dot man he would not be as popular the fact because pop polka dot man in all sense is not nearly that you know he's not that big of a deal <laughs> you know you know in terms of you know tier level of villains the joker mr freeze you know those are huge villains for him bane bane almost killed him huge villains that you know he has to persevere from sam wilson needs that type of villain he needs that he needs a villain that is rather equal to him or better than him and he needs to be able to overcome you have i hope i don't know what villain they're gonna have him go up against but it has to be somebody that people feel that it is a well worthy villain that is going to give him a run for his money you know uh it could be baron zemo which is not bad barons i mean they've already interacted with each other it's something that they've already played around with and then it's also we also got the situation with um valentino and uh, we got the situation with us agent we got the situation with um sharon carter which i think is possibly maybe the bigger situation of this too so we got all that being set up for future situations as well uh, I, I don't know where this is going to lead to, but hopefully this leads to something that makes Sam looks like a credible hero. And if not, it's going to be a fail. But so far, so good with Sam Wilson, because Falcon and the Winter Soldier really made him a big deal. They established him to be a legit, you know, a legit hero. You know, and I, I trust Malcolm Spellman's writing. I trust where they're going. And this brother is not going to, you know, make him look weak at all. I am just interested in where they're going with this. Where you know what Kevin Feige is gonna allow them to, you know, what character they're gonna allow them to use to face off, face them off with. We'll see. I just hope it's rather a high-level espionage-like character or a above and beyond, you know, character that requires some CGI. Who knows? <laughs> and I just think he needs to be able to be able to, you know, get through that. So all right. Shang uh Shang-Chi, which is coming out in two weeks from now two weeks i'm wait i can't wait i've seen so many awesome clips of this movie i am going to the theaters to go see it and this time i'm going to movie tavern <laughs> no more neighborhood theaters for this i'm giving this the respect i think it deserves i am going to pay for this and i'm going to enjoy this in a better theater this to me if you know had not been for the pandemic this movie has the making of its own black panther vibe um 
this is the this is the character that is representing the asian you know community this is the character that is supposed to be you know give credibility to asian heroes as well uh i think it from what i saw it is it's getting that vibe but unfortunately unlike black panther black panther didn't have to deal with the pandemic i am so it just makes me so happy looking back now that black panther was able to be celebrated the way it was at that time because had it i don't think it would have gotten the momentum that it had and the legendary status is now gaining from it the significance of it at least had the pandemic come because it probably wouldn't have made as much in a box office it wouldn't have made records it wouldn't have hit none of that this is the part i am so unfortunately disappointed about is because due to the pandemic and of course also the way we handle we're all handling the pandemic i don't think that this movie is going to get the credibility the box office credibility that it deserves because people are still afraid to go in theaters if you've seen the amount of people in the theaters uh, in the theaters that i've been to in the theater that i've been to you know it's a far cry from what it was during you know pre-covid and current you know now in current covid now it's only a handful of people in these theaters now you know a lot of people are still afraid to go into theaters whether they're vaccinated vaccinated or not it's just it's a shame it's sad and i would i want to see this movie succeed i really do i it has some great talent i think the premise is going to be great but i don't know i don't know where this is going with that said this movie for those who are going to see this movie be prepared it will have two post credits in there they don't stay of course they're not going to say what uh credits will be on there but it is expected to have two post credits that's supposed to transition into some other things or do whatever so stay tuned you know at least you know that beforehand from here so uh definitely check that out um also note there were also been sayings and reports that disney plus uh said that they will be premiering this show this movie 45 days after the uh, release theater i think the reason being is that it is possible that they believe that it won't make as much on the box office either because of what's going on right now with COVID, as uh, you know as well and also that they may be testing the waters here with this in accordance to what has happened with um black widow and they're still in that situation as well that this they're in a tricky spot right now they're in a very tricky spot one you got um scarlett johansson who's like fighting them over the situation with the uh with the terms of agreement that they had over the box office sales and and all of a sudden they decided to you know have us you know give us the option of premiere access on disney plus they're not doing the same thing for saying chi right now um it's a tricky situation because they, they they fought back at scarlett johansson for that when i think they shouldn't have i don't think they shouldn't especially when you got you know wb backing all of their actors for movies that are coming out you know it's just it, it's it's a bad it's a bad look on him and it's even worse now because now shang chi is coming out and if this doesn't make good in the box office this is automatically going to go to disney plus 
And it's been said that they're not going to charge people after the 45 days. I don't know what, how they're going to do it. I think they should have went about it the same exact way that they did with Black Widow. Make it premiere access because I think a lot of people are just afraid right now to go to the theaters. And I think it's going to show uh, in a couple weeks that that's what's going to happen. And I think when they when they finally see that, then they're going to make more changes for the future movies that's coming out like Doctor Strange and all in the Eternals and all that stuff. Uh, I think that's what's going to happen. So um, we'll see. We, we will see. This is going to be very interesting indeed uh, in the next couple weeks. I know that at least if I'm going to go to the movies, I'm going to go to a better theater that's already going to, you know, it's the, the hospitality is going to be better. The ambiance is going to be better and my food will all be ready when I get there. So <laughs> that's, that's at least. And, and so far, I, I need to check, but um, it was only it wasn't that many people that already checked in. I, I this is the difference between then and now. Back then, this movie would have been as hyped as this movie would have been. You know, pre-COVID, like remember back when Marvel came out with like Black Panther and Infinity War and and and, and Captain Marvel and Endgame. Remember how quickly those box office tickets and seats went? Like we tried. I remember when um, Spider-Man came out. Well, Far From Home came out. We tried, and I mean we tried to get a group out and going. But those tickets sold so fast, and I mean incredibly fast. I barely got into um, Infinity War and Endgame because, uh, you know, uh, no, Infinity War we got. Endgame was very, very hard to get because everybody wanted to be there to, you know, to see everything. It was just crazy. It was beyond crazy. And um, tickets aren't, it's, it's a far cry. Than it what it was and a lot of it's because now a lot of these movies are coming out on demand and the streaming instead of the theaters for safety precautions we are far from out of this situation i tell you that boy so we will see how this goes this is i, I, I just wish it wasn't shang chi that was being that was being tested out like this i wish it was something like um like something that was already been established like dr strange or something like that that came out already that is already well established in the marvel cinematic universe this is a new this is a uh, this is actually an important movie that needs to be successful you know it needs to be successful in order to because i don't want them to think that because like this failed in the box office and in, in theaters that is not a successful movie and that would it, you can't because had you know COVID is a big effect to this so I, I, I'm, I'm worried about this. I, I will support this movie as best I can. And I'm only just one person. Hopefully when it does come out on Disney Plus that a lot more people view it, see it, support it. And I hope that it's good. But I, you know, what hasn't been... Even the, the, the lesser of Marvel Studios movies is still good and watchable and enjoyable. Like Black Widow. Black Widow to me was enjoyable. It wasn't the best thing in the world. I rate it. I, I compare it to that of the Thor first two Thor movies. They were good and watchable. Wasn't didn't blow me away at any kind, but they were still they still blended in and assimilated in well with the rest of the movies that came out. Um, but it wasn't the best. Not by any stretch. Um, you know, who we'll see. We'll just see. Let me see two more things i want to cover my thoughts on the star wars visions trailer oh my 
freaking good. Now, I love Star Wars. I was born in the year of the Jedi, 77. The first when I, which I believe is when Star Wars premiered. And I am not that big of a Star Wars fan as most, but I still watch and love and especially not recently like when 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 the episodes 1 and 3 came out, like episode 1 and then Revenge of the Sith and all that and Clone Wars came out. It, it 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 dampered my fandom for the movies. I did kind of like the new ones recently that they did, but by this point, it was like their batting average is not as good, especially not nearly as good as the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So it's hard for me to really enjoy Star Wars without just saying like, if I just cut off everything else and just make it the first three, the original first three, it's awesome. But, it, you know, they, they, they've tried. They've done some good things. I mean, some of the animated series has been good. The Mandalorian has been great. You know, it's an off and on relationship with me in Star Wars. But this Star Wars vision, they got me. They got my attention. An anime-based Star Wars, it's all, it's all I ever wanted. <laughs> so we get our first look at the new anime-based uh series on uh based on a star wars universe with this two minute trailer it's a reimagining take a reimagined take on the, our beloved intergalactic series uh which is coming to disney plus and it looks absolutely amazing it's not there's no real plot to these at all the show will consist of seven episodes created by seven japanese studios um think about think of it in a way of the animatrix in uh gotham nights where they were like and they were all you know anime uh japanese anime studios that created them and they were just like a collage of different artistic takes on the certain uh fandom this is exactly what it is except this time each episode is going to be roughly a half hour at best so i love this because the animatrix um you know that was a movie and they were based on like i guess uh you know 10 15 minutes you know episodes or or clips or scenes uh, based on different anime studios. This one is going to be probably at least no more than like a half hour each here. And I, I really am enjoying the idea of this. And they looked absolutely phenomenal. I think it looks like one of the anime studios I recognize. Looks like the guys who did um, Kill a Kill that may be uh, involved in this. I, that, that art style looks very familiar. Some of them. So I, I can't wait to see it. Uh, it's, going, it's coming September 22nd next month next month is gonna be pretty huge man it's gonna be awesome so i really uh disney plus just keeps giving us the goods man i i really enjoy this so last bit of news because you know what i did i could talk about titans but i will hold off because they i mean it's developing into something but nothing really major but the show is so good i'll just say that but i'll wait till something really really good has come about but the red hood series i think right now is becoming a better like one of their best series ever but my last bit of news that we'll talk about is my thoughts on the new he-man and masters of the universe series on netflix not to be confused with kevin smith's masters of the universe Re revelation this is in fact a 3d animated series that is coming out very soon on netflix it is i would i did not expect this to happen this uh story revolves around a young adam and young he-man um with a it's it's a it's a whole nother universal take this is a multiverse take people the art style which i actually do like i actually don't mind the art style it looks 
very familiar of um i forgot what video game that was that double fine did uh something legends rock i forgot what the name of that because i played that and i love that game uh double fine did it a long time ago and i had um jet black that was starring in it but it looks like that type of uh character somebody's gonna remind me but it, it is just telling the origin story of He-Man and Skeletor just at this point. Now, this is coming. We'll get to see this on September 16th. And here's the thing. It's it the anime. The animation style is very kind of uh, Saturday morning cartoon kids like it is not going to be loved by everybody. If For those who were arguing about and making a big deal about the premise of the origin of the revelations cartoon uh animated series that kevin smith did which i absolutely of course reviewed and loved and i loved the direction that they went regardless people i i guarantee you people are gonna have a problem with this people are gonna people are gonna hate on this like they hated on teen titans go i can see this i actually kind of like what they're doing with this and i get what they're doing here it may like at the end of the day i'd rather see i masters of the universe revelation is more of my cup of tea because they more focus on the actual original premise of the original cartoon series so i that's more my speed and they've had other different he-mans before but i'm gonna give this a roll i'm gonna give this a try it actually looks it doesn't look bad i'll i'll embrace this i'll look into this and check this out um it's just another version does i mean you don't have to like it you may not like it some other kids might there's a new generation of kids who may like actually like it but of course because it's he-man it's gonna be more catered to it's gonna attract the the older demographic who grew up watching this and there are gonna be people up in arms i'm just gonna keep it keep it real just like all right it may not be it may not be what i'm you know what i grew up on and whatever but i do like the character design i don't know what the premise of how the story is going to be all i know is that it's the origin of adam and skeletor and we're going to see how skeletor became or came to be i don't know we'll see um and i, I don't even know if this is going to be connected to revelation in any way i got a feeling it's not but we'll find out on september 16th when it comes on so and, and you know it's funny i have this up now so i I am actually looking forward to seeing. I, I, I need to see. Because uh, I can just click on here and see what people are saying and how many people are viewing this. So uh, click on that. So out of a thousand, over 1,000 people, there. Oh, all right. Here, here's the good part. And in terms of. Uh, reactions from facebook because you know whenever you see facebook and a trailer comes out there's always going to be there's always something guaranteed here there's going to be a majority of people who always likes something there's going to be a minority of people who don't like it a very great minority of people who don't like like this one right here out of a thousand over a thousand and point one hundred people who you know reacted to this 27 is angry about it and they got the angry emoji on here 177 love the idea 203 are laughing now when you see laughter from people in a situation there's always a small like 
minority percentage of people who do this. That's them laughing out of spite and out of hatred and trolling. That is always the case. And then you got the, you know, likes that are majority, which is like 706. So you kind of got to the, I would say if anyone you want to, you know, dismiss is probably the, uh, the laughing reactions. Those are the ones. So, and, and by the way, Arco is a robot and that's a whole nother situation right there. Again, this is a whole nother generation and another take. People are just not going to like what they like. You know, it's just people are just going to choose to hate what they hate and look at it this way. And I, I learned from watching um, Teen Titans go a long time ago because I was at one point one of those people who like, why did they cancel the original Teen Titans series? Why are they going with this more kiddies version? And then I watched the kiddies version and I was like, dude, this is actually pretty funny. This is actually creative. I get what they're doing now. I dig it. And the character design isn't all that bad. Well, actually, it's not bad at all because, you know, Chris Battle does a great job. Um, and I was just saying in comparison to the original, like it, I thought it really did a good job. And obviously it did because it's last It's still they're still making shows for Teen Titans Go. And furthermore, it's gotten, you know, Emmy nominations for both that and the movie and, and is in, in the movie as such, you know, and nominations for the movie, I should say. Um, so I learned to embrace things differently. And, you know, it's it just what it is. People are just going to complain just to complain and not be happy. That's just we can't we can't stop that. That's that's people's personal own hang up with it. That's their own take. It's just what we have to deal with. So it's coming. Stay, you know, get ready. Stay with it. But, you know, you like it. You like it. You don't. You don't. What can you do? So, folks, that will do it for what's new in the world of our favorite phantoms or ACMG. We're going to take a break. Come back. And we're going to talk about this second episode of What If entitled T'Challa as Star-Lord, a tribute worthy of the king. We'll do that right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, the voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go! Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on Talk Time live.com talktomlive.com provides all of our acmg content with new and previous episodes exclusive interviews articles and much more visit talktomlive.com and let us help you learn to let go live life and love all things acmg this is charlotte chung and fred tattashore and you're listening to acmg presents talk time live do it and now, it's time for our Talk Topic of the Week. Ready? Wait! Ladies and gentlemen, we are back with our Talk Topic of the Week, and it is my pleasure to review and talk about the latest episode of What If, entitled, T'Challa Becomes Star-Lord? Every time I watch this episode, and I've watched it like i think like going on three times now because the third time is right now while I'm, as i'm talking about this episode i'm looking at it on my screen i smile 
because this was such an awesome, beautiful, touching, emotional episode. There's so many things due to the fact that Chadwick Boseman is no longer with us. And before he passed away, he was able to do a bunch of projects, a bunch of different, like this dude is, he was awesome. He is, and will always be a legend just because of how he left this world and how he left us and what he left us with, the gifts that he left us with. Um, charitable, damn near altruistic in a sense, and then ever so diligent. You can learn a lot from what he's done. And one of the things that he's done was this episode. He got to reprise his role as T'Challa in this what if episode that tells us, that asks the question, what if he did not become the Black Panther and the fact that he was abducted by none other than the Ravagers, Yandu of all people, who in the, in the normal Marvel Cinematic Universe, we know he took Peter Quill. He was supposed to take Peter Quill because Ego requested him. They got the wrong person. They got T'Challa. And T'Challa, when in doubt, ended up becoming Star-Lord. And this was an awesome take because from the beginning, they take you to the scene at the beginning of Guardians of the Galaxy where he goes steals the Infinity Stone. And in fact, you know, instead of him singing, you know, come and get your love and all this stuff. And, you know, this is a very different Star-Lord. In fact, one would say this is the cooler version of Star-Lord because you got him coming back. You have Jermon um, Hunson returning his role as the Kree soldier, Koref. And instead of not knowing, instead of not knowing who Star-Lord was in the Guardians of the Galaxy or Peter Quill, he instantly knew who T'Challa was. And not only was that, he was starstruck. He was fanboying off him. And I gotta say, Karaf in this episode was possibly the one of the one of the MVPs of this show. Um, Jamon Hunson, I've loved him. And, and for, most, for for people who don't realize and know. Jamon Hunson, before before even um, Chadwick Boseman took on the role, he played the role of Black Panther in a um, limited animated motion cap motion uh, comic series of uh, the Black Panther series and for BET when they did it, and which also had pretty much a really star-studded cast as well. And now he's returning, reprising his role as the Kree soldier. He was fantastic. His his voice role was awesome in here and they had these little back and forth things and you know Karath wanted to you know respect him the entire way he wanted to you know he was supposed to get the infinity stone from from the collector and it, that didn't really happen and he asked he's asking him to whether he can attack him or not that's how much respect he had for him it, this whole thing was just great comedy um so the idea is just basically like it's star lord and the ravagers you know trying to uh get the collector you know and, and this is the whole entire situation premise of it we find out that you know t'challa was abducted he took on he, he became a ravager with yandu and i mean in, instead of them becoming pirates per se they ended up becoming freedom fighters or some sorts um, changing everything around the way it had, because T'Challa had a different view of how things ran and they became more like heroes instead of it is, you know, rather than anything. So many different changes going on here. Um, 
And, and even furthermore, the cast of this episode was even more star-studded than the Captain Carter episode. You had, you know, Chadwick. Here's okay. When I talk about the casting here, virtually everybody reprised a role except for two people. One of which was a significant, was very significant. One of which I'm not surprised. But we're going to go down the list of stars in this episode right now, and then also talk about certain aspects of the scenes and everything that goes on with this. Um, so of course we got T'Challa is is um, Chadwick Boseman, I should say, is T'Challa. We got Karen Gillan coming back as Nebula as a blonde hair. She has really beautiful blonde hair. She looks sexy as all hell in here. And she has way more personality than she ever did in the actual universe that we see to, uh, Nebula in. She's, no, she's not tortured by Thanos or anything. Thanos and this version and her have a better relationship with each other. Way, 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 way better. No, not nearly as abusive as it was in here. Yandu is reprised by uh, Michael Roker once again. And to see him and, and, and Chadwick work together, it's just a beautiful thing. It's so awesome. Gotta remember, Michael Roker is famous for playing a racist character on The Walking Dead that ends up becoming more of a hero by the end. So it's always awesome to see Michael. Michael Roker was the original, was, the, was this generation's Archie Bunker in a sense uh but then he takes on these other roles and he you know we're we're seeing him in a much better light but he's such a great actor and seeing him in this was just awesome because of course yandu died in the in guardians of the galaxy and that was a thing so to see him alive again and working with t'challa this time just plain awesome uh we mentioned jamon uh daemon uh huntsu uh, why did i say jamon daemon uh, jamon huntsu uh in here again um Carl, John Connie coming back as take, uh, King T'Chaka. That's awesome. You know, even, even for a short while, just awesome. Um, they're at the scene right now where they show how T'Challa actually was abducted by Yandu and the Ravagers as well. And you know how King T'Chaka was saying like, he's, you know, you're, you're, you had the mind of an explorer and you want to, you always want to, you know, learn about new things. Well, he got his opportunity. <laughs> he was unafraid too. But then we see Thanos. This was the kicker of it all. Josh Brolin comes back as Thanos. Not as much as the Mad Titan this time, but as a sympathizer to T'Challa, who T'Challa convinces him that there's a better way than to, to do genocide by snapping away half the universe. And they joke around with this so much he is part of the he's one of the ravagers because t'challa talked him into doing a better way to just getting rid of half of the universe so the infinity gauntlet situation the the infinity wars never happened Endgame never happened in here because of t'challa awesome and he decides to like he he, he likes t'challa so much he joins the ravagers this was such a funny moment here. They're in a bar. He pops up out of nowhere and they're talking about how, you know, he was able to get through all these different adventures with them. And then also how he was able to talk to T'Challa and, you know, being a part of it. And T'Challa, I mean, to, to, to Thanos credit, which is hilarious, is that even though he managed to sympathize with what they were doing, he still talks about every once in a while how, you know, I still think it was it could have been a logical reason, but your way was better. Yeah, I get it. Your way was better, but I still see some merit 
to to getting rid of half of the population. <laughs> okay, so that was awesome. We got uh, Benicio del Toro returning back as the collector, a very more cavalier and charismatic, I would say, more than his more eccentric uh, version that's on the original series. So he was he was kind of more like gangster badass in here. So. We got Kurt Russell making a really rare pair, uh, small appearance at the end at, uh, as Ego because lo and behold, <laughs> Peter Quill does not get abducted and where he winds up with, he's still wearing his mom's headphones, by the way. Uh, he's older. He ends up working at Dairy Queen of all places, still listening to his Walkman and everything. It's just hilarious. Um, Craig, uh, Craglin play, re, uh, played by once again by Sean Gunn. Um, of all people to be in this episode, which I thought was awesome, of all the Ravagers to be in here, is none other than Taserface, reprised by Chris Sullivan. I thought this was awesome. Taserface came back for a whole entire appearance in here. It was pretty hilarious. Not only did he come back, we got to see Howard Duck once again, reprised by Seth Green, who just, you know, it's amazing. It's just amazing to see that they, you know, Seth Green just pops in every so once in a while. Denai Guerrera returns as Okoye. Amazing. We think the one little character that barely gets seen on the in the, in the live action universe, Karina, who's the collector's assistant or a captive assistant, abducted or captive assistant, played once again by Ophelia Love uh, Lovey Bond, is back. I, it's just crazy. It, you know what's funny about this? Her character still resents the collector. Doesn't matter what universe or what multiverse version you see, she still finds a way to, you know, defy him at all costs. Um, just interesting. Proxima, uh, Proxima Midnight makes an appearance by Carrie Cohn, makes an appearance once again playing this character. It's just crazy. Um, Ebony Maul is back. Uh, Tom Vaughn Luller plays his role. And this is when the big, this is when one of the big changes come because both Drax and Corvus Clave are not played by its original characters. Um, actor Michael James Shaw did not play Corvus uh, Gay for this one. And Dave Batista, everybody's favorite, did not play Drax. In his place for both of them is one, the one and only. You heard him at the beginning of this uh, of this segment, Fred Tatashore played both roles. And this is why I love this dude so much. And I told you when I, when I got a chance to, uh, do a panel with him at Keystone comic-con, one of the things that I asked about him was, and I, again, if I can get a chance to, uh, find a way to remaster that audio that I have of that panel, which I do own. I will, I will find a way to put it up there somehow, some way if I can elevate the audios because the acoustics is so bad. But I did ask him about how he is able to change up on his voice because he has a Mel Blankian skill level. And for those who don't know, Mel Blank is the original Bugs Bunny, Porky Pig, Daffy Duck. And he's able to change his voice around like that. And the fact that he could play as Drax, it sound just like Batista. He's able to do that with ease. Then he goes to be Corvus Glaive, 
which you know is also awesome again now you got to remember this guy also plays the incredible hawk he also plays um soldier 76 he also plays on final fantasy uh seven you know and each one of those characters you will not know that it's the same character he also plays beast and ghost rider on marvel avengers uh ultimate alliance you will not recognize his his voice he is able to recapture his voice as a different voice it is amazing that he could do this and he also plays on family guy a lot of times oh and a lot of different roles constantly doing something different man he's he's the he's the guy that you get now there's this talk from batista when somebody asked him on twitter of course everybody a lot of people know about this now but for those who don't why as to why batista never reprised his role as drax why he was one of the only major actors to not reprise his role apparently according to dave batista he claims that he he did not play this role because he was not asked to that's his claim he also said that his agent couldn't uh wasn't cont uh knew about it but didn't contact about it or didn't it was he blames him on his agent my thing and, and james even james gunn replied to this and said what <laughs> my thing is this how the hell do you find it hard to get in contact with dave batista i i, I it's hard for me to believe that it's hard to get in contact with dave batista in some form or fashion rather not even from his agent but just a tweet or whatever or I, how hard i don't get that i just don't get it be that as because i think i think dave batista would absolutely want to do this i just don't get it just doesn't sound something is not doesn't sound concrete to this to these claims here it just doesn't with that said fred tattishore did phenomenal for the short time that he was on there to play drax it was awesome and, and he was able to play corvus gave awesome young t'challa here this is interesting played by maddox robinson uh it is said that it is actually known that there's a deleted scene in black panther in which a young t'challa is in there and i believe if you go on disney plus they should have it on there as well it is played by maddox robinson they cut that scene from the movie but you can see it on a deleted scene so it's not totally out of the box because you are able to see it um however kudos to, to, to um, disney plus or, or even marvel for bringing the kid back to play the role of young t'challa in the animated movie i thought that was awesome and he gets a, another opportunity a one that he's not being cut from so i thought that was a really great deal for them to do it was pretty cool and it's really awesome that he's pretty much wearing the same outfit on the animated uh series that he did in uh actual scene so i i really dug what they did here we didn't get to see um you know we didn't get to hear uh, uh chris pratt reprise his role as peter quill but it didn't really need to because the, the scene that he was in when he was in the dairy queen wasn't that big of a deal and it, i think because of the nature of of um chris pratt and, or the the tier level of chris pratt you don't want to waste him for such a small part even though i think he i don't know i i, I it, who knows negotiations or whatever you never know but brian t uh delaney played uh played him and did a really quick job of it a really great quick job of it he did good 
he did really good it sounded like him and um this is what i love when they cast people they make sure they cast somebody who, who can imitate that voice greatly so for him and fred tattishore played the part well just like the uh, other actor who played um who was it uh josh keaton who played uh the chris evans version of cat of uh steve rogers in the last episode i thought he did great i thought he absolutely did great so i mean overall this was just such a great tribute to to t'challa and to chadwick boseman and for those who miss him and still miss him well we are just coming into a year we're getting close to that anniversary of his death and this is going to be quite a sad time i got a feeling this is main i don't know if this because we're going to see black panther again in some of these future episodes i don't know whether this is the only time we see him but this is the a total focus on him we get to see and hear t'challa once more i know there's a lot of fans who probably got really emotional about this i think i'm past the part of being emotional about the passing um i've learned to be able to cope with it but with that said i had a great smile on my face from start to finish the story was great the adventure was great um i know we will never get more of a series from this ever again but this one time situation and again kudos to the animation department with the classic disney animated animated style beautifully done this is the greatest marvel animated series ever they spent no they spared no expense with the animation the acting is from the top-notch group of people it's just absolutely tremendous i am very pleased with what they did here um and it's just a great adventure just seeing t'challa go into space with the ravengers and they're going on these adventures you know facing up with um you know the collector and you know all along it's the collector that set up a uh it was setting um up to collect t'challa which gives t'challa so much more value and gives chadwick boseman so much more value to this disney and marvel has done a tremendous job making our characters matter which is why i am so it is so important that we support the movie uh shang chi because that community deserves just as much as value as what we got and you know i want that movie to succeed i think that movie is going to be great marvel has done a great job showing representation in the highest of regards in the highest level this was just another proof of it you look at this 2021 we're seeing a major major multi-million dollar project being done and showcasing a person of color and a really great talent that everybody loved how do you not appreciate Do I need it? Do you need a crystal ball to predict the obvious on what I think of this overall and what grade I'm going to give this damn freaking right. I'm going to give this an A plus because at the end of the day, we would not have seen this years ago. We wouldn't have seen this decades ago. We seen this now and to have to be able to enjoy the talents of Chadwick Boseman one more time and to be celebrated by a all star cast of people. And I mean, just all Josh Brolin came back. 
Michael Roker came back. I mean, just think about it, man. I mean, just virtually almost everybody came back um, to do this. It's just, it was just awesome. A great tribute to a true Star Lord and a true king. And you couldn't have done it better. I don't, I, I don't think they could have done it any better. People, Disney Plus got our money and they deserve our money right now. Controversy with Black Widow or not. What they did for this. You gotta love Marvel. And I, I I will put the I will put more of the arrow to more Marvel than Disney. Because Marvel's been on the forefront of this type of, you know, action for so long. You know, rest in peace to the legendary Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. They've been on the forefront of showing representation for the longest time. And it's great to see that their legacy of Marvel and the philosophy that they have for Marvel is living on through Disney and Marvel Studios and Kevin Feige and all of these guys that are bringing in equality. It's such a great, you know, um, just a great palette of superheroes and, and stories to tell and, and opportunities to tell, you know, it's just great. So if you haven't watched this episode yet, go out of your way to check this episode out. It's just just another another great series from Marvel Studios that is I can't wait till this is all over because I want to just enjoy all of this in one and like I'm not just this Falcon and the Winter Soldier low-key WandaVision oh my goodness just it's just fantastic man if you're a comic book fan how do you not enjoy this generation of comic book fandom just absolutely phenomenal a plus for me definitely and next week it is going to be low-key on earth uh, August 25th next Wednesday is coming out looking forward to that as well uh, Tom Hiddleston is reprising his role as the trickster once again and we're going to see a different variant of Loki do what he does so I think believe the understanding here is like what if he was casted onto Earth rather than Thor and to see how that would have turned out so I am I'm very interested to see that as well as all of them <laughs> we got a lot more to go people so Oh, enjoy it all. Folks, that will do it for this edition of Talk Time Live. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Next week, there's two, there's actually maybe two reviews next week coming out. One of which uh, tomorrow, Monday, the 23rd, on Netflix, The Witcher anime premieres. So that may be something that will be on our talk topic of the week, but it is going up against a comedy that is coming out this Friday as well that i am actually interested in checking out vacation friends starring john cena little rail howry yvonne argy from uh insecure and meredith hanger hagner i should say i saw the trailer to this it looks i would it looks really funny like seriously post wwe john cena is absolutely the best of John Cena I've ever seen. And I like the economics just John Cena. This is this is what John Cena can do. He needs to stay in Hollywood. He needs to stay away from WWE. Uh hopefully this is the last time he does he works with WWE at this point. And that's just it, man. I I really 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 am looking forward to seeing this. So if depending on which one was the better show or movie or whatever like that, that's what I'm going to go with, but I'm going to talk about both of them next week. So stay tuned for that. Uh, select start. I'm going to review a game that I think a lot of people may want to check out. Dodgeball Academia. Um, 
if any of you liked the old super dodgeball from back in the day in the Konio Khan uh, dodgeball game, I think, or, or the arcade version or whatnot, I think you might want to stay tuned for this because this one, I was, it was surprising. There's a lot of, there's a lot to want to check this out for a lot of reasons to want to check this out. So we'll talk about that um, next week as well. And then following week from that, because it's coming out this Friday, no more heroes three finally arrived. So we finally going to see what um, Soda 51 has been working all this time. It looks promising. I can't wait to check this game out, but uh, that will be following next week. Uh, so stay tuned for all that and much, much more. But folks, thank you guys so very much for checking out this episode and all of our episodes, all of our new listeners that has been coming up lately. Again, uh, go out of your way to check out my interview with Jeffrey the Chamba Cruz. I want to thank him once again for being a part of uh, Talk Time Live exclusive and talking about his new series that I highly recommend you go out of your way to check it out, especially if you're a manga fan and you're a Marvel fan. Avengers Tech on Avengers. It's based on a new toy line that's coming out. He's drawing all of it. And if you know Jeffrey Chamba Cruz, he's worked on the Street Fighter series and more. Go check out this interview that I did with him as he's coming back. He's we he, um, talking to him all the way from Australia and, uh, you know, seeing what he's able to do while in quarantine. He's working with Marvel and he's doing something awesome. If you loved his work before, you're going to love his work with that. And then also check out the, um, the video version of it because I showed the toy line that is coming out that I am eagerly looking forward to uh, getting my hands on as well so check that out you can also check uh you can check the video version and the audio version on talktimelive.com everything you need to check out is there all podcast audio episodes exclusive video interviews and audio interviews are on there as well media uh that you could check out which includes the uh panels that i did for repop metaverse uh is on there all blogs is there as well blog entries and things that are related to some of your favorite fandoms and things is on there uh just a lot of great content that you could check out on talktimelive.com and if you want to subscribe and download on your favorite podcast platforms you can do so on spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, stitcher pop being tune in uh, pandora pocket cast and all tumblr reaches as well this damn thing this damn device um but you can also follow it on the tumblr community as well shout out to the tumblr community but here's the thing and i never mentioned this before and i absolutely should do this usually not good at this if you're listening to it on spotify or iHeartRadio or apple Podcasts or any of those podcasts if you can leave a star rating a preferably a five star rating on any of those to help get this uh, show out more, you know, to get people to, you know, check this thing out because, and some it's, it's been working so far because um, we've reached some higher download levels that we've had in the show in its entirety. And a lot of that had to do with people are talking, people are have found out rather from Repop Metaverse, rather leaving star ratings or whatever like that, you know, wherever you're, you know, ch- checking it out, leave, leave a star rating, you know, show your support that way. And that way other people will be able to listen to the show and we can all enjoy it all together as well. Uh, so thank you all who have been supporting this show thus far. I love with the, the new listeners that we've been getting, uh, from the show. It's just been an awesome experience. So definitely check it out. And, uh, I look forward to keep doing the show with you guys. So 
that will do it for me, folks. On behalf of myself, this is Dax Xavier Josiah saying, learn to let go, live life, and love all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. We are out of here. Take care, be safe, mask up, and have a great week. Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.